Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. We're back with Your Tech Report. Thank you guys for being with us each and every single week. I'm very excited to be welcomed by the editor-in-chief of Mobile Syrup, Patrick O'Rourke. Welcome back to the show. Um, so many things to potentially talk about. So let's let's start with um, Apple and M3 processors because it's been about a month now since they make that made that spooky. I mean Halloween, so not even a month, two weeks now. Um, you've had an opportunity to play with M3. Um, one of the biggest takeaways that everybody's talking about is the fact that they compared M3 to M1. So you know, in real world use cases here. Do you does is that justified for you as to why is there a reason is it because the significance from M2 to M3 is just not that big? Yeah, I, I mean they're trying to sell it during those presentations, right? And and that Apple event yeah. was a little bit different. It was in the evening. That's not something we we typically see. Um, and I think Apple knew that the benchmarks between the M2 Pro and the M3 Pro weren't going to be that significant. And based on what we've seen, like I, I haven't benchmarked an, an M3 Pro. Um, but I have benchmarked an M3 Max versus uh, the M2 Max. And we've also seen like the M3 and the M2, obviously, comparison-wise. And it's a bit of like the law of diminishing returns at play between the M3 yeah. and the M2. It's it's not that big. So it, from a marketing perspective, I get why Apple did that during the presentation. It's a, it's a little sneaky. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't gains, right? They're, they are more powerful chips across the board. There's some things with memory bandwidth being a bit slower that's a, a little bit over my head but it, it, <laughs> there there are like they are a gain that that's the the, the key thing that, that i'm taking away my from. understanding with the memory bandwidth is that um on the base eight gig machines um whereas the cpu itself offloads a lot of that work um the eight gigs of ram just isn't just enough to offload what it needs to in that in that short term memory. So it does bottleneck down the CPU. So they're saying that get the 16 gig and you'll be laughing, which is funny because I've got an M1 Mac mini, you know, that not Max, not Pro was one of the first that came out that I still have running this day to this day. And I'm editing 4K video on this thing without any issue, without any bottleneck. So it's kind of funny to see people running these tests and benchmarks on the M3s that because when anybody asks me, I don't know, I'm sure you get the question all the time, what should I do? Should I upgrade? And I'm like, if, you're, if your computer's an M1 and it's working, forget about what's in there. Why would you spend any money? You know, unless there's something that's really bottlenecking down in your workflow, right? You really don't need to upgrade from the M1 to, to the M3. I, I, like, I think most people even be able to wait till the M4, the M5. The M1 was just like such a big leap over what Intel was doing at the time, even in just in terms of like battery life, like, it was night and day from using an Intel Mac to to an M1 Mac. For my purposes, like I have um, Apple sends me these things to try out. So I have the privilege of always having the latest and greatest. But I have like an M3 Max, uh, sorry, an M1 Max sitting in my closet behind me. And I'd be more than happy to continue using that. That that remains overkill for my purposes, which is like word processing, some photo editing, a bit of video and a bit of audio like that thing's more than good enough. And I think for most people, like sure, some people need the latest and greatest, but it all comes down to what you're doing with the actual chip, really. The uh, the new space black color is so funny because I love, I, I even find myself walking into an Apple store going, do I need a new computer just because there's a new color out there? And it almost feels like it's, it's like driving a brand name car. Like it's, we have this, 
and some people are a bit more overt with it. Some people aren't where they want the shiniest and greatest. And the only way to do that in the Apple world is to get whatever the new color might be so people could see that you're using it. Um, have you had experiences with that color uh, laptop yet? Have you actually tried it out? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, the type of person, and I think I've, I've said this before and I've been talking to you, where like I really care about what a product looks like. That's more just the way that I'm programmed, more what I'm into, more what I like to write about than the hardware inside it. So when I'm covering something like the M3 and have to do benchmarks and stuff, it's a little bit of torture for me because it's not it's not my forte, so to speak. Um, but there is a paragraph in my story where where I kind of wax poetic about the new um, space black color. I really like it. I've I've missed having a black MacBook since the one that was around in the 2000s with one of the older models. Um, looks really sleek. I wouldn't necessarily call it black the way that Apple does. It's kind of a grayish color, like a dark space gray. Um, I was very amazed by the new coating on it that's, that uh, repels grease. Apple really doesn't want people to call it a coating. They want it to be called a seal, which is interesting. I, I don't really understand why or the difference between it, but that's that's the marketing that they're pushing. Um, I, it, it works quite well. Like when I was at the event, there's obviously people all over the place touching it. Everybody's got greasy fingers. That Mac remained extremely, extremely grease and, and smudge free. Um, and I was blown away by it. And then when I got it home, um, after talking about how great it is on, on Twitter and threads and, and whatnot, I like ran some experiments myself and it wasn't quite as good as what it looked like at the event. So I don't know if Apple had someone there like constantly cleaning it or some sort of additional coating on it. It didn't work quite as well. Like if I grab up, if I grab the M3 Max, like I'm, I'm doing this podcast with you on, um, and my hands are relatively clean, you won't really see that much grease. But like in in day-to-day -day use, like I was at the, the mobile surf office last week and um, didn't have a case on the laptop, was just carrying it around to see what it would look like at the end of the day. It's still still a bit of a mess. Like it's it's not it's not as good as it may have looked like at the the outset, but it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. And I hope Apple brings this crazy grease resistant technology to everything it releases down the line and continues to improve on it. So are we done for the holiday season? You think with Apple, no more announcements before I think we're, I think we're kind of set, right? Hopefully. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see anything else coming like right before I got on the, this pod with you, um, I was writing something about, uh, there's rumors from a reliable Apple analyst that we'll see, um, new iPads in the new year, but likely probably the air, maybe the base level and then the iPad pro in Q2 2024. But I think, for for the foreseeable future, at least until after after the holidays and whatnot, we're we're not going to see anything. I got major from Apple, maybe like software updates, but but nothing significant on that. Well, board. it's funny you mentioned that because there was a, a story I was reading that Cred Federighi had kind of put the brakes on um, the next iOS. Um, I mean, eighteen at this point, um, in order to focus more on squashing bugs that exist in the current operating system. I found that kind of telling and kind of interesting that they were talking about this because normally you don't hear about this kind of stuff. It's just, you know, just happens. Um, but I think we've come to the point and tell me if you think if you think I'm wrong, that software is really almost more important than the hardware these days because the hardware iterations aren't happening as fast as they used to and as impressive and as significant as they used to. So software needs to be so polished in order to set the bar at a certain point and set it apart. Do you feel that it's that that's kind of the case? Hence stories like this. 
I think you definitely see that on the iPhone and the Apple Watch side. Like every year I'll review the new iPhone and I'll review the new Apple Watch. And a lot of those features that are coming to the latest device are also coming to, to earlier devices, right? Like they're not tied to hardware in any intrinsic way. Um, the Apple Watch is a great example of this this year. Like if, you, if you're using a Series 9 or you're using a Series 8, first of all, they look the same. Um, sure, the 9 has the new chip, but they're both going to run Watch OS 10. So they're going to have the smart stack and all those cool new features. In many ways, Watch OS 10 makes your older Apple Watch, as long as it supports that operating system, feel like a new, um, like a new device in some ways. And I think that based on that story, which I, I briefly looked at this morning, um, I think you're going to start to see that with iOS. Like maybe down the line, after they get this very stable release, you'll start to see more significant additions to the operating system. Because at least like, I, I know new things get added every year, but at least for the last few years, iOS has felt very much kind of stagnant to some extent there's, there's nothing super exciting being added to it um yeah so i, I definitely agree with you in that what do you what do you think they need to do in terms of competing with intel because intel is said to be you know launching some pretty impressive chips um of course you know compared to m1 we don't know what that's going to be but that could bring intel back into the conversation at least when it comes to you know competing with those lineup and bringing the price down and battery life et cetera. Et cetera. Is it a hardware thing? Do you think that Apple needs to do to to make sure they're ahead of the game, or just kind of keep doing what they're doing and ignore the competition? I think they should pay attention to what Intel is doing because I, I don't want to see Apple lose this gain. And I and I also think it's great that Intel's releasing a, a chipset or a rumored to be a chipset that's going to be a pretty pretty substantial leap because competition's good, right? Intel will push Apple to do new things. Apple will push Intel to do new things. I think that's what you're seeing right now. Um, I'll kind of believe it when I see it because I've heard this before with Intel chips and our PC expert uh, on the mobile serp team kind of also doesn't totally believe it's going to happen. He's excited because he, he's like a Windows guy through and through and he he really wants to see those battery life gains on, on Intel chips. Um, but yeah, I, I think that both companies kind of need to pay attention what the other is doing. Right now, Apple has the lead and I think that's why we saw the M3s drop a little bit earlier than expected. A lot of people thought these wouldn't come out until the new year. And then all of a sudden, boom, we got all these M3 chips in this kind of surprise event. And I think to some extent that was Apple trying to, to steal Intel's thunder with, with the new chips that they're supposedly working on that will likely launch very early in the new year. Last week, we saw the uh, the official introduction of this new Humane pin. This new, uh, I mean, how do you describe this thing? It kind of looks like a a small matchbook with a magnetic battery that attaches behind your clothing with a bunch of sensors on board. Like It's like bringing the Star Trek communicator to life, a little bit bigger and bulkier. Um, what do you think this means for AI? in general and and that we don't know none of us have had our time i think to touch it yet right so we really don't know what the experience is like so this is truly just us kind of guessing here but it looks promising right it looks kind of cool it looks so this is the way i've been describing it like it looks really cool i would love to try one i would love to spend a week messing around with one yeah. i love lack of a better way to describe this like silly tech gadgets like this that's this is like what i live for this is my yeah. bread and butter I just don't see this appealing to a, a wider audience at all in, in any way. Um, I know that AI and like chat GPT and everything is being kind of positioned as the future of, of where tech is going. And a lot of different startups and companies are trying to find ways to meld that machine learning language stuff with hardware. And this is that latest effort. Um, I don't want to I don't want to crap all, all over it because I haven't used it. But I just like. <laughs> 
the idea of putting something on my shirt, being able to talk to it and like ask it questions, take photos. I, I would just rather use my phone. Like that's what I always come back to. Like I would rather just pop out my yeah. phone and look at it. I know there's the convenience factor. It might be the type of thing where like I need to try it and then I'm sold on the concept. Um, there, there's people on the mobile surf team that think this is the future. Like this is the future of of, of technology. We're not gonna use smartphones anymore. This is this is the, the device. So I'm a little on the fence for based on what I've seen. I, I don't see it yet, but it's the kind of thing that I would love to actually like get my hands on it and try and, and, and see yeah, if absolutely. it works. It's funny because, you know, the whole, you know, large language models in the chat GPT, it, it, it seems like it's a fad almost in one on one aspect of things. But you see the potential there. But as you said, I don't know if if if, if this thing that I'm holding like a hard drive to my chest, right? This thing that I'm wearing all day long is the solution for it. I already have a watch on. I've already got this the phone in my pocket. So I'm totally with you. Even like, you know, the meta frames, for example, you know, if you've got a pair of glasses on that have the speakers, everything kind of does what this is going to do. So what can it possibly? do differently especially when you're going to spend six hundred dollars for it and then 25 bucks a month um yeah i definitely want to get my hands on it as well um pat uh patrick thank you so much for taking the time to join me um always fun to talk to you if we don't talk before the holidays have a great holiday season but i'm sure we'll talk before then you too thanks so much for the invite on the show your tech report will be right back what happens when we play outside we become healthier both mentally and physically we become more creative and more focused we connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.